السلام عليكم You are listening to Talk Therapy أشرقت نفسي بنور من فؤادي Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome back to Talk Therapy. And if you're new, you can call me Noor. And on this channel is where I invite you to join me for an honest and intimate conversation. And I feel like today's topic is going to be a really interesting one because we're going to be talking about ways that social media actually ruins relationships and also the toxic relationship advices that we get from gurus, relationship coaches, um, because we have to understand that social media at the moment, and you know, I'm sure it's always been this way, but more so recently, you know, we are seeing a lot of people coming online and people share their stories, people want to give advice and subhanAllah, even like me, right? I'm on here um, you know, sharing my thoughts with you guys as well. And on regards to, I guess, the ways that I've come to, from my observation, definitely come to understand how relationships are viewed on social media and how we tend to compare ourselves to other people's relationships and also how we learn to form, and you know, the expectations or um, the, the treatments that we require in relationships is unfortunately f- for a lot of us shaped by social media right I've had even quite recently I was talking to um, a sister and as we were talking I remember she said to me that you know a lot of the things that she's learned about uh, you know women's nature and and how to interact with the opposite gender it normally majority of it really came from social media because sometimes we don't have parents that could easily um, you know feel comfortable talking to us about these things so obviously what do we do we go on to other forms of or you know we find other resources to be able to give us an understanding of things that we're curious about so subhanallah I'm gonna get into so I've got a video by the way as well that I'm going to play in a minute. So let's talk about, you know, ways that relationship, ways that social media ruins relationships. So there's a few things that I'd like to mention. So first, which by the way, I'm going to go into more depth as I go along. But the first I would say is limited personal interactions. The second is that it reopens closed chapters. Then it's obsession with sharing everything about yourself and about your relationship you know what could be the dangers of that also excessive pda and um, making ways for insecurities addiction sets in you know subhanallah as i mentioned as well you know there's the constant comparison with other people and then finally you know there could be that possibility or high possibility of infidelity So let's talk about these in a bit more in depth, right? So firstly, I want to put a question to us. So would you be able to trust someone with no online presence? Well, you know, give it a thought. And if I'm honest, I think it's really difficult, right, to to fathom that because we're so, subhanAllah, we're so into um, social media and obviously everything that we do now involves us going online 
So social media platforms are an integral part of our lives, so much so that we can't imagine life outside of it, right? And it's, it can be quite unrealistic as well. Like if someone says to you, I don't have, you know, a Facebook account or a TikTok or Instagram or Twitter, you know, however many platforms are out there, it's a bit weird. You'd be like, oh, really? Not even one? SubhanAllah. Um, so SubhanAllah, we may decide not to post anything as well, which I think is always the best thing, really. But, you know, some of us try to not post much and we try to detach ourselves from social media but I feel like after a while we'll find ourselves back on and we're hooked again subhanallah so okay yes I think we've all figured out that social media destroys relationships beyond repair I think we've all known um I've definitely come across a few people who have broken up through social media um or the cause of social media should I say And subhanAllah, you know, if people don't, you know, break up or, you know, have failed relationships, there are a lot of people who actually do complain, especially constantly complaining about it. So not only is social media a very important way that we get influenced, and also it's how we form and maintain and end our relationships, but at the same time, you know, are we conscious you know, are we, um, you know, are we having a, you know, I guess, look, are we looking at the negative effects of social media on our relationships? And also, are we ensuring that we safeguard ourselves from some of these illnesses um, that are contagious sometimes? So let's go a bit more in detail with the few that I mentioned. So I mentioned limited personal interactions. Now, how does social media affect relationships, right? Well, it's limit, it limits the personal interaction. So all of the amazing, I mean, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, right? So all the digital gadgets that we have brought um, and that we have, a lot of the times it brings us closer to one another. But it has a really, I guess I don't, like, I guess you could say it has a deep it has detached us from our interpersonal relationship so it's deeply shaken up our interpersonal interactions so there are times when you're obviously and i'm sure i'm definitely guilty of this you know where you're sitting to, next to a loved one um whoever that may be right but instead of having that one-to-one interaction with the other we're actually too busy chatting to someone miles away from us. Such constant actions could actually create a barrier between the two loved ones, and especially it can push them apart. I think that's what, you know, the effects that it could have on us is that it could leave us feeling empty um, and really not fulfilled in our personal relationships, right? Because, you know, when... So it's, I guess it's important for us to make sure that when we're with our loved ones, you know, we put the mobile phone or the tablet or whatever else, you know, the digital platform um, away from us, right? And also to remember that it's important for us to be present with the person that's sitting in front of us in that moment. 
Second, um, I mentioned was the second thing was reopen closed chapters. So I've heard, you know, sometimes people could, subhanAllah, like when you're in a relationship and obviously you want to cherish it, you want to make it special and you want to focus on it and nothing else, right? So, however, though, when imagine, and I've heard of this, like I said, um, when you are suddenly get like a post where someone likes, you know, one of your posts or maybe comments on an Instagram post. And this could be someone that you've, you know, dissociated yourself from. Maybe it was someone that you were interacting with in a haram, you know, way. Or, you know, it could be maybe people just reaching out to you because they liked a post that you posted. SubhanAllah. And this, again, opens doors to all types of temptation because it could be a moment where you're having a really difficult moment with your partner, um, especially in the relationship dynamic. And you know what? Someone messaging you, someone giving you attention, someone, um, yeah, just checking up on you, seeing how you are, or even opening that door of communication with them could have some serious impact on your relationships because what that happen, what happens is you end up neglecting the relationship that you're in in this moment and instead you're focusing on subhanallah someone else outside of your relationship so again just remember that you know the people that you've cut ties with you know i.e you know ex-relationships or people that you've detached yourself from that weren't um healthy for you to be around it's better to remain and remind yourself um, as closed off from that experience inshallah as possible and also when people comment on your pictures and whatever especially now that we're on this subhanallah on this day and age where we're constantly you know seeking validation of other people like oh how many people watched my um, comment or oh how many people viewed or how many people liked my post subhanallah it could really become a a toxic mental um, stimuli for you because what it does is you get, I guess we all know, right, and I'm sure we've all heard of it, where there are chemicals that your brain produces, especially when, you know, subhanAllah, people give you attention and that's what, you know, a lot of us, unfortunately, maybe because we're not getting attention in our relationship or maybe we're going for a really rough patch at the moment then again that's where getting that attention and that reassurance from someone else could be um quite serious so subhanallah um and i guess this is where i would want to say that's why you should know when to stop and also come out of this social media ecosystem that we've seemed to have built the other, um, the other, obviously, um, thing that I mentioned was obsession, subhanAllah, with oversharing everything. So social media ruins a lot of relationships and causes, <coughs> excuse me, relationships to fail because some of us fail to draw the line between what to share and what not to share. So think of it this way. One, um, when you spend excessive amount of time on social media you usually like you get this like I said obsession you know you get these chemicals that are induced 
into your body um, that get you hooked. So it kind of becomes an addiction, which I'm going to talk about um, a bit further down. So subhanAllah, you know, they usually get obsessed with sharing every detail about their life. And again, you know, let's be um, balanced. So, you know, this soldom is fine, but excessive information and sharing can turn, you know, can turn the tables around on you. Because you never know who's getting access to that information that you're sharing. Then the next one is the excessive PDA. So social media platforms like Facebook can destroy relationships, subhanAllah. And again, I'm sure we've all known or we've heard of relationships that get affected in those kind of platforms. So the one who spends a lot of time on these platforms often wants their partner to post, you know, how exciting their relationships uh, relationship is. I've heard people honestly get into arguments because their partner did not change their status um, on Facebook or the fact that they've chosen to post pictures of themselves and their partner, but then the other partner didn't post anything of them. And subhanAllah, I remember this one um, story where I was talking to someone and they were like, you know, you know, like how, you know, if I'm married to him, um, you could put this in either or, right? But I'm just using it for a girl. If I'm married to him, then, you know, is he ashamed of me? If if I did matter, why wouldn't have he, you know, shared even a photo of me on his, um, you know, I don't know, whatever post that he wanted or she wanted him to post of her. And again, this could really cause issues, subhanAllah. So some might adjust to this idea while others might ridicule it because some people might be like, hey, I'm not, you know, I don't need to put you on every single platform that I have and, you know, overshare every part of our relationship. So the online display of love and affection, and this is the truth, doesn't always mean the couples are happy. And in reality, subhanAllah, when we think about it, like how many couples live for this image that they portray to the world? And there is no, you know, once the camera stops, I don't know, flashing, they kind of like live this really dull, boring life that has no spark, but because they want to prove to other people, oh, look, you know, I'm, I've got this amazing relationship. And, and a lot of people fall into this trap of, idolizing these people when really and truly I mean think of it this way right how many people have we seen even if you put it to like famous people right that seemed like you know a few weeks ago they were you know subhanallah like they were gazing into one another's eyes and they were so loved up and their relationship looked so amazing and they would put up all these posts of you know like oh I can't live without you and my life is complete and then two weeks or a month later you find out they're getting a divorce and you're like what like weren't there issues like how could have suddenly of just now all of you know sudden ended that amazing relationship that they showed to us so this again the reality and what we need to keep in mind is we need to spend more time in keeping the spark that we have and to make sure that it exists in reality and not only on the social media platform. And then the next one is make it makes ways for insecurities. So you might wonder 
you know, how does that happen? But subhanAllah, all of the major problems actually start with small confusions or insecurities. So social media ruins relationships as it gives birth to insecurities, subhanAllah, which gradually can take over. And, you know, one small comment or like that someone else could really lead, subhanAllah, to serious problems over, you know, a long period of time, for even years to come. You know, you hear people saying, well, he, you know, she liked or he liked that comment, you know, X amount of years from this particular person. So subhanAllah, people harbor and they hold on to a lot of, um, and it creates insecurities as well and doubt in your relationship. So subhanAllah, so the best thing to do is, again, is to make sure that, you know, for instance, your partner is, you know, if you see them chatting or interacting with someone else on social media, is over time, yes, you are going to be more likely to get suspicious about their relationship. And to be honest, as Muslims, we do know that we should be closing doors to the shaitan like we shouldn't be having especially if we're married right because we're meant to it's a it's a sacred space you know it's a sacred container that we're meant to be safeguarding both you know male and female so just remember that you know avoid much suspicion because that's another thing that our dean tells us and also you know just understand the consequences of these you know something could start off really innocent um, but you never know, right? We know that Shaitan doesn't just say, hey, do this act and, you know, be done with it. No, he comes to us with, you know, in small increments, like small steps he takes to get us to be able to fall for, you know, the major sins. May Allah protect us from them. I mean, so another one is addiction sets in. So on one of the other effects on so- of social media on relationships is the addiction, subhanAllah, one has and how gradually they start ignoring the real people that are around them. So there are a lot of couples who often complain that their partners don't give them enough attention, enough time, that they're always busy on social media and on you know the many platforms that they seem to have. So if this continues for a long period of time, it can really lead to, you know, separation. It could lead to divorce. So be mindful of that. You know, when it becomes an addiction, you tend to neglect um, your responsibilities. And then we have constant comparison. I think this is the biggest one, subhanAllah. And I'm definitely um, one that could, you know, I've definitely fallen for this trap, subhanAllah. And may Allah guide us from ever falling into this, inshallah. So social media ruins relationships as couples may start to compare their bond with others. Now, two relationships, we have to understand your relationship and someone else's relationship is never going to be the same, right? So there's no two relationships that are the same. Every couple has different bonds and the way they bond and their, you know, the equation, it's very different, subhanAllah. You know, they have different ways of showing affection to one another. So when couples spend too much time on social media, they may start to compare their relationship and bond that they have with other people. And this eventually puts them in unwanted pressure and also some of them might surrender to it. 
subhanallah so there's this expectation you know that they don't really have but because they're comparing themselves to other people now they're very conscious of hey you know you don't give me this much attention or you know you don't take me out here or so there's loads of ways that we could compare ourselves to other people and then it's the definitely may Allah protect us from this it's the the heightened possibility of infidelity so along with facebook instagram twitter there are other platforms like subhanallah muzmatch you know i know there's a muslim tinder version of it so you might not get tempted yourself by these platforms but you know you can't guarantee your that your partner won't right so again you know there are chances that my you know these platforms could could gradually pull you towards haram interactions with people so hence the chance of infidelity increasing and also one can easily say that social media and also you know social media networking has bad um is really bad for relationships so it's to understand that you know it's difficult for us to imagine life without social media and we know that sometimes it can be impossible but however when things are done with limit inshallah it's harmless so spending too much time on social media can lead to temptation and also behaviors that are related to ways where you would be really messing up your relationships so that's that done so now i'm going to go into and play our video so this video so now we're going to go to the second part which is toxic um relationship advice and subhanallah as i mentioned earlier on that you know sometimes we might have relationship you know we could be curious about does this boy like me does this girl like me what does this mean and sometimes we might not have the confidence to go and speak to our parents or maybe we've you know tried and our parents have shut us down um because you know hey astaghfirullah right don't be thinking of this and don't ask this subhanallah so what what we leave our young people to do is to go to the internet and unfortunately now and so much so subhanallah i hear um out of young people's mouths and even older people how subhanallah you know really degrading terminologies that we have for one another as men and women and i feel like this whole gender um battle that seems to go on of this like push and pull of like you know now we have the migtile we have you know all these relationship gurus we have women that are talking about femininity and using your feminine charms to you know get men to give you this and subhanallah it's i feel like we've degraded ourselves and you know the the beauty of the differences instead of us embracing them i feel like we've used them now to punish one another right um i i hear terminologies by the way i don't like putting people in boxes and i know that we can sometimes talk about sociopaths and narcissism and you know gaslighting and and all these you know new age words that we find ourselves um attributing to one another subhanallah i i hate using those terminologies so in saying that 
I've heard a lot of people talk about men and women in ways that don't promote and are not productive. Like when you think of, sometimes I do speak and I really do listen to people's,、um, you know, train of, of I guess thought processes as they share them with me. And Subhanallah, sorry, my alarm's just gone off.、Um, and I sometimes hear people talk about relationships. In a way where it's just reduced to, you know, what I could get from you, and it's it's put us in a it's shaped us in a way where we've become very self-absorbed and self-centered, Subhanallah. And this is not what Islam teaches us about religion, right? We're meant to have compassion and love for one another. We're meant to, you know, beautify each other's characters. But Subhanallah, when You know, you have women that are talking about independent and you know being a boss chick and doing this and doing that, and then you hear men talking about being a victim and hearing you know women being a victim as well. Because I feel like a lot of these narratives that get pushed out on on a lot of these、um, fake you know platforms where people want to give. Relationship advice, and especially when they're not grounded in you know anything to do with Islam, right? And it's just about you know gratifying the the needs of yourself and not paying attention to you know how to think of the other person as well. Yes, you know you have to have、um, self love, and you have to have、um, you know you have to have a very at least basic understanding of. Of what you bring as a woman into a relationship, and also vice versa for a man. But it's like when we reduce women to just physical,、um, you know, features, and when we reduce men to just,、um, you know, as providers of what we can get and how much they can provide for us, it's it's a really negative way to view one another as men and women, because you're never gonna. Your needs are never going to be fulfilled, right? Never. Like when we talk about rizq that comes from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, your rizq is already, you know, designated for you. It's already designed. And also, when it comes to the attributes that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has given you as a woman, like your beauty and everything else, like that came from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So whether you're beautiful or you're not, or whether you feel like you know you don't. Um, fit the you know standard or the status quo of how you should be or how you should look. Again, that wasn't given to you, right? Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala created you in a form that He seemed、um, for Him, you know, in His wisdom, was befitting for you, right? And that's how Allah chose you to to come as a form, as a being into this world.、Um, so I feel like living in this.、Um, You know, capitalized、um, world, and you know, when we think of capitalism and and Subhanallah, all of these negative things that come with it, I feel like it it creates a barrier.、Um, it can it disconnects us from our spiritual、um, essence. It disconnects us from our you know innate worth. It's not when we reduce it to tangible. Physical things of, you know, things that we don't even have really that much control over, right? It creates a lot of insecurities in men and women. It 
brings um it brings disharmony to oneself as well as you know to the the partner that you're going to be getting um because i've heard men talk about women in a way that subhanallah with you know they would call them evil and they would degrade them and i've heard women you know degrade men and call them um you know various different names subhanallah you know manipulators or you know they're out just to get one thing and this is what breeds a lot of the environments that we're raising our young people on where they feel insecure where they feel inadequate where they feel not good enough and it doesn't help your self esteem right listening to all these different ideologies and these different in, internalizing all these different um you know words and terms that we've reduced ourselves to subhanallah it can have a chaotic a chaotic consequence with ourselves and also with relationships because i i don't really like it's very rare now that i'm speaking to someone younger or even my age that see relationships as something that is beautiful right i feel like the marriage and the the sacredness of marriage this you know the institution of marriage has been reduced to something that is a chore and where now i feel like i need to you know do this because i need to fulfill my sexual needs and you know we're bringing you know two empty people into a relationship or into a dynamic where they both are going to be left feeling inadequate right they're both going to feel unheard unappreciated because in, instead of you know working in a way where it could bring harmony um to that you know institution of to the institution of marriage what we're doing is we're actually separating and now we're we're empowering the the nafs you know the lower self the lower part of ourselves where we want to only get our needs fulfilled and our desires and we don't seem to have any consideration for the fact that it's a relationship and it's a relational experience between two human beings that have completely different needs and different wants desires and expectations and also it doesn't create a space for one or the other to be able to find any com- compromising um any space to compromise or a space to um to want to feel you know fulfilled so i think it's psychologically it's really damaging and even like for me i'm really you know into relationships and especially relational experiences in every you know aspect and that level and the one that really always fascinates me is the relationship between men and women um because at you know at the end of the day i'm sure a lot of the the things that we're seeing when it comes to the negative aspects of it online how we're you know put each other down and how like you know if one goes through a negative experience now we're going to you know taint all of men or if you know a woman 
Um, if a man goes through a bad experience with a woman, now he wants to start making videos and talking about how women are, you know, this or that, subhanAllah. I feel like there's just so much toxicity. And I've, the one thing that I fear for is the young, innocent, impressionable people that, you know, young people that are growing up that haven't had, you know, what a healthy relationship is mirrored to them. And especially if they come from a home where they don't see a lot of affection and a lot of, you know, laughter and communication and, and they don't see the balance between men and women and the, you know the the nuances the the dynamics that play out and how they get tackled and handled in a way where it's productive in a way where it um, promotes healthy well-being um and then they go out into the outside world lacking all of those um you know healthy healthy understanding of what a relationship is and then they get bombarded with all this negative um yeah subhanallah yeah it's just it's really sad for me i think the bottom line is you know when you're listening to things be mindful because a lot of the things that are out there we know that you know negative um negative anything new the news when it comes to you know being negative anything that has negativity in it right anything that doesn't promote any sense of well-being i feel like psychologically it doesn't help your mental state so when we look at you know why people are diagnosed with all these diagnoses and with all these labels and depression and subhanallah they a lot of these things that we're intaking these you know unverified information these one-sided information that we have no idea of you know why this person has come to this conclusion um and the root of it and now what we're doing is we're internalizing and that's what a lot of people do on social media it's you know it's easy access it's a place to vent your frustration it's a place to get validation it's a place to you know get people you know wanting to hear you so if you've never been heard if no one's ever taken you seriously if no one has ever appreciated you you know you you fall prey to the attention that you get and a lot of people that go online from my you know limited knowledge and from my observation is people that don't really have anything else they they they're empty they have nothing to give other than you know to spew out and to offload their own burdens and Subhanallah. And the thing that really gets to me is when we look at, you know, the, the whole totality of media, it's, you know, I feel like it's just become this, you know, show. It's like a circus sometimes when I look at videos or things that get posted and and it like comes on my feed or someone recommends something. 
it's just, you know, most women come on there, you know, showing their bodies and, you know, beautifying themselves just to get praises and comments of people. And men come on there trying to, you know, fakely empower people, you know, and again, we, we are the people that gravitate towards these things. So when we gravitate towards them, a question that I always ask myself, like when I watch something is, what did this bring, you know, what did this add? Did it add any value to my life? You know, if it's something negative, if it's always playing or coming from a place of victimhood, right? Because a lot of us don't want to take accountability and responsibility. And I'm very big on this channel. Like I always talk about doing the inner work and working on yourself and getting to know who you are. When you don't have a sense of identity, when you don't know your gifts and who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created you to be, it's easy for you to take on someone else's identity, even though that person is fake, right? They've just taken on someone else's identity. So we're here, you know, pretty much like a chameleon, right? We, we have no sense of grounding in who we are. We really don't. And we allow people to influence us and if you're in taking things that create, you know, disharmony and disunity within yourself, first and foremost, and with other people, it's, it's definitely a request that I would make for you to really look at, you know, what you watch. You know, sometimes I go on my history and I, I really do, like I, I scroll down, like, you know, what have I watched this week? And normally if I have any negative thoughts or if I feel quite low in my mood um, I, I tend to normally look back on my history list and say okay what did I watch you know what what residue did me internalizing that message you know what what was it like what, what was left with my with my psyche you know what was left with me and and also I would suggest questioning things you know if People want to come out and, you know, again, like, you know, a lot of these people, like, we, we don't know their life. We don't know their history. You know, we don't know who they are, but they come online and, you know, they make us feel better about ourselves, right? Because they stimulate, you know, they stimulate things within us, emotions, whether it's anger, whether it's, you know, venom whether it's um you know bitterness or sadness subhanallah and again emotional regulation is very big you know this is where we need to learn how to regulate ourselves because when if you've spent more than you know a healthy amount on social media i think there was someone that mentioned maybe i think it's like four hours or three hours a day that should be your like you know, maximum intake. But obviously now we're on lockdown. A lot of us turn to YouTube to maybe keep us company, to, you know, learn about new things, to get into personal development. And subhanAllah, to develop yourself and to, 
find a healthy sense of self. Never ever does it start with you dehumanizing, degrading, and belittling other people. And if you take in information that's negative, and then you go now become the parrot, you know where you go and now、um, give to other people. What you're doing is you're actually intoxicating other people with your own agendas, with your own really unhealthy views of the world, right? So again, be mindful. Please, of the relationship advices that you take from other people, and I think this is what also contributes to a lot of people being single, because it's easy for us to intake, you know, all these alpha stereotypes and you know, feminine charisma and you know how to do this and how to do that,、um, you know, how to get him to love you, how to, you know, know if she's interested. Like these are just people's ideas, and who knows where those ideas came from, and who knows why, you know, they're choosing to come online. And if someone teaches you to hate yourself, and then to hate another person, you know, that's that's what you're giving out to the world. You're just being a vessel for that negative, toxic. And for what? Sorry, I muted myself. I um, I just um almost sneezed. It's photo time where I'm at. Okay, mashallah. May Allah accept your salah, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, I already prayed Fajr. So Fajr for us today was at like five twenty-nine this morning. Alhamdulillah. Um, so yeah, it's a beautiful thing to to pray Fajr, and maybe this is why I came on now actually, because I still,、um, yeah, I thought this was on on my spirit as they say, and I wanted to share it with us. So let me quickly play the video. Hopefully, it won't be too long. So this guy is someone that I don't always follow a lot of his stuff, but when it comes to sort of the psychological side of things, he's really good. Um, and this is what he had to say about Alpha, and I will also talk about, inshallah,、um, moving forward, how for us as women to also and men, you know, the traits that we should keep in mind when we're attracting ourselves to people that are unhealthy. So let me play the video, and then we'll start. Encapsulation of the narcissist world of fantasy, including shared fantasy. So I gave you these two glimpses from different periods of history, different ethnicities. I gave you these two glimpses of narcissism, and I want now to resort to one of the world's leading authorities on alpha males, and I'm going to read to you an extended excerpt. This is from a book titled "Mama's Last Hug" by Franz Deval. W A A L. Franz Deval published this book. It's published by Norton and Company. It was published in 2019. It's a pretty recent book. And here's what he has to say: In animal research, the alpha male is simply the top-ranking male of the group. The term 
dates back to wolf studies of the 1940s by the Swiss ethologist Rudolf Schenkel, and it remains in use today. In political parlance, however, it has come to denote a certain type of personality. Ever more business tutorials instruct us on how to become an alpha, emphasizing self-confidence, swagger, and purpose. Alphas are not just winners, it is argued. They beat the hell out of everyone around them and remind them every day who had won. They don't let up. A true alpha goes it alone and crushes the competition like a lion among the sheep. These business tutorial, tutorials, they could have added, by the way, dating tutorials. These business tutorials promote a cardboard caricature version of the whole concept, however, not just for human society, but also in relation to wolves and chimpanzees. Alpha males are not born and they don't achieve their position based purely on size and temperament. The primate alpha male is a much more complex and responsible being than a bully. Merciless tyrants do sometimes rise to the top in a chimpanzee community, but the more typical alphas that I have known, that's the greatest scholar of, of primates, by the way, the more typical alphas that I have known were quite the opposite of bullying. Males in the position of alpha males are not necessarily the biggest. They are not the strongest. They are not the meanest ones around, since they often reach the top with the assistance of others. In fact, the smallest male may become alpha if he has the right supporters, if he builds coalitions. Most alpha males protect the underdog, keep the peace, and reassure those who are distressed. Analyzing all instances in which one individual hugs another who has lost a fight, we found that although females generally console others more often than do males, there is one striking exception, the alpha male. The alpha male acts as the healer in chief, comforting others in agony more than anyone else in the community. As soon as a fight erupts among its members, everyone turns to the alpha male to see how he's going to handle it. He's the final arbiter intent on restoring harmony. He will impressively stand between screaming parties with his arms raised until things calm down. Franz de Waal, greatest primatologist and ethologist in Mama's Last Hug, 2019. Problem is that MGTOWs, incels, business coaches, dating coaches, all this riffraff of con artists combined with intellectual, the intellectually challenged, whose muscles far outweigh any other organ. All these people, the riffraff, the, the flotsam and jetsam of human society, they glamorize narcissism. They elevate and idolize and idealize psychopaths. They equate narcissists and psychopaths, erroneously, of course, as we just heard, with alpha males. They rely on totally 
distorted understanding or misunderstanding of evolutionary psychology and evolution in general because they don't have the capacity, intellectual or otherwise, to understand, the, to understand any text, let alone these complex texts. And they are egged on. They are egged on by gurus, coaches, and even by some scholars who are surfing the wave. They are surfing the wave because there's money in it. And they prostitute them, themselves, these scholars, in order to tell these misers, these misers, these uh, you know, these these miserable riffraff, to tell them what they want to hear. And so we have scholars today who who discuss, in all earnestness, high-functioning narcissists. We saw how that worked with Donald Trump, who discuss uh, productive productive psychopaths. Scholars who claim that narcissists and psychopaths should be in charge. They're great leaders, they're wonderful surgeons, they're great military commanders, you know. This kind of glamorizing, academic glamorizing, is nothing short of irresponsible, fallacious. These scholars are converting, had converted themselves into con artists because self-enrichment overtook ethical values of adhering to research and to knowledge and science as it accumulates. And so recovered narcissists is another example of such hyperbole intended to cater to a specific group and of course to take their money and laugh all the way to the nearest bank. So we have an example, Dr. Hugo Magliatan. He had written an article titled uh, The Complementary and His Psychopath. Hugo Magliatan, and the article was translated by Maria Gowland. It was published in March 2008, The Complementary and His Psychopath. He starts the article by quoting Schopenhauer, Arthur Schopenhauer, the great optimist and men lover. One is the torturer, the quote says, one is the torturer and one the tortured. The torturer is in the wrong because he believes he is not taking part in the suffering. Tortured is in the wrong because he believes he's not taking part in the guilt. And so, Mayatan suggests, and I'm quoting, to be a psychopath is a way of being, personality, a variable of human types. It is not an illness, but a typical way of being, infrequent, raucous, raucous due to the patterns of behavior that don't fit in on some occasions with the general patterns of behavior in the community. The psychopath, says Magetan, is a person who has a different behavior because he has different needs to satisfy. That's why he makes a particular use of his liberty. He draws his own codes and he repeats patterns of behavior and his needs of intense stimulation. Um, so he, he proceeds in this article to describe the various strategies and techniques of the psychopath, how he objectifies the other people, um, and then he describes relationships between psychopaths and psychopaths, and how, how the balance of such a relationship is maintained through a give and take, where actually the, the, the as he says, extremely narcissistic, egocentric uh, attachment they, they afford, they provide, caters to the needs of what he calls the complementary, and so on and so forth. And then there's all this analysis of the complementary. So I think I'm going to stop there. And...
Okay, so it's still on. So bear with me a second. Let me turn that off. So yeah, so moving forward, I wanted to share that with us because I think it's very important for us to know how society is actually impacting both of us, men and women, <clears throat> and especially when it comes to fulfilling the ego, the ego side of us, like ourselves. Especially when it's a very wounded ego, and the needs of the nafs, right? We know that the Prophet, peace be upon him, you know, he he is an example of you know what a man is, and also how, as human beings, we should be compassionate to one another. But instead, unfortunately, the the day and age that you know some of us live in, it's very much different from that. You know, it comes from a place of, like I said, you know, being narcissistic. And Subhanallah, <clears throat> if society is teaching both men and women to only think about themselves and to only want their own desires to be fulfilled, that can cause a lot of issues. So, again, you know, may Allah guide us to what is beneficial, inshallah. But yeah, subhanAllah, you know, be mindful of what you put into your mind because that will definitely have an impact on your behavior. So remember, thoughts become your words and your words become your actions. Your actions become your character and your character becomes your destiny. So bear in mind and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and grant us fulfillment inshallah without you know only desiring to to behave in a very narcissistic and sociopathic way so inshallah and on that note i leave you in allah's care and i will catch you guys soon assalamu alaikum